This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. A little bit of an emergency edition, uh, a little bit later in the day, but let's talk about Kofi Coburn being suspended three games, not as many as some people thought it could be, uh, but more than a lot of people wanted it to be with the ever-popular NCAA. Uh, but we also <laughs> got to talk at the end of this pod. We're actually recording a little bit later than we wanted because we watched Ayo DeSumo play a huge part in a comeback win. Uh, so we'll chat about that a little bit later. But Derek Piper joining us now. Three games for Kofi Coburn. Uh, Derek Piper, when you got that email from Derek Burson of the Illinois Sports Information Department, what was your initial thought? Yeah, I still think that as we talked about throughout, you know, leading up to this and expecting some kind of discipline, I thought anything above two games was probably excessive. I I do agree that it could have been a lot worse, and it is decently favorable as you you look into it and you check out the schedule and anything beyond that three threshold. Of course, you're going to miss a big game against Marquette, but then of course, Hall of Fame Classic, all that kind of deal. So, uh, one real test out of that. That's not terribly concerning. Uh, I think you do look at Marquette and it's a game that there's not a lot to know in terms of what they're going to be because they got so many newcomers. They've got a handful of freshmen coming in. They lost all five starters. Dawson Garcia is not there anymore. DJ Carden. Uh, so yeah, it it's not ideal. It's not one that you really you're happy with. And I know that there's a lot of pushback both from Atlanta Nation and even some national reporters, Jeff Goodman, uh, Jay Billis had pushed back on, on the punishment. And I would agree because it is something, as Illinois put out in their release, that it would have been legal just a month after. But, again, uh, it was something that when Kofi did it, he obviously knew that at the time it wasn't something that allowed him to retain eligibility because he's planning on staying in the draft. And so he broke a rule. He got punished for it. I think it's a little bit excessive, but at the same time it's not killing your season or anything. So uh, I think it's a game too heavy personally yeah yeah which is fair like if, if you want to say that I thought the two or three game I thought that was about right like for for what the infraction was and uh, let's, let's just talk about the infraction uh, for people that are just joining this or we should just uh, whiteboard this is Cockburn, Cockburn Coburn sold uh, Illini issued gear Right, so stuff he'd worn at Illinois, um, and you couldn't do that in June. That was against NCAA rules for the last hundreds of years, right? Or last hundred years, or whatever it is. Um, and that was before, a month before the NIL rule went into effect for both the NCAA and Illinois. Okay, so he made it sounds like some decent money uh, off of that, and that's against amateurism rules when he did it. So um, the bottom line is. He broke an NCAA rule, and uh, he is now paying a penalty. So I don't have a problem with the NCAA um, in this instance. This is an easy case for them, right? Like the, they see he sold it, um, and he broke a rule. 
I think he actually probably got fewer games than they normally would have done in previous years because the NIL rule. And I'm sure Illinois, with its back and forth with the NCAA, discussed that a lot. And Brad Underwood agrees with you that this was a little bit too much. He said, we are disappointed with the three-game suspension because there were unprecedented factors and altered timelines related to his decision to ultimately withdraw from the NBA draft and return to school. So it was about a month later than normal because of COVID of when he could withdraw and when he could not. Um, that said, we understand and respect the NCAA's decision in this matter. He goes on to say Kofi's attitude and outlook remain upbeat and positive. So Underwood agrees. Of course, he's got a very vested interest in Kofi Coburn being on his team. But in the end of the day, like Derek, like Illinois knew when he sold gear. Like we, we've been talking about this since June and July, right? They knew he could face NCAA suspension. And this isn't the worst slap on the wrist. I know people don't like it. Um, I The NCAA, I think... You know, Goodman, Billis, all of this. Uh, the NCAA, with this rule coming after NIL is all passed, like they can do this stuff now. But Coburn did know at the time that this was a rule, or you should have known. And it, it was just kind of not very smart, to put it bluntly, for Kofi to sell this before he ultimately made his decision. So it's a shame that he now has to sit three games. But for Illinois, it shouldn't change their season. Right, And if we were talking eight, ten games, that would have changed their season. Yeah, you said it perfectly there. That is the bottom line, that it doesn't alter where Illinois can ultimately go. Uh, even You think even personally about Kofi, a Big Ten preseason player of the year. Can he still win the type of awards, have the type of numbers that he ultimately wants? I know that it's 10% of you know, roughly his regular season, but still uh, – he can show up in Kansas City for the Hall of Fame Classic, still have plenty of season to play. And like you said, yeah, we have been talking since the summer, and their buzz even around the program back then is like, okay, he's probably going to serve a small suspension, miss a couple of games, and that is what we're looking at right now, a couple of games. And uh, just got to get past it, got to get through it. Uh, I know you would have wished, and we can talk about this a little bit, would have wished to see a little bit more out of Omar Payne in these exhibition games, and that uh, amplifies the fact that maybe he's not where you want him to be uh, are you worried about that for Jackson State, Arkansas State? No, probably not. But um, Marquette is still a power five high major type of team and uh, going to need to be at a certain level. I think you just want to play play really well to you know win on the road against a team that is going to have some talent at the very least. Yeah, I want to get to that. But can we talk about the reaction to this real quick, Dan? Yes. Um, can we stop with the Mark Few parallels here there is no parallel between getting a dui and selling gear the ncaa can police amateurism that's what they are supposed to produce or or, um police right like that is their jurisdiction kofi coburn's an easy slam dunk case mark few need to be prosecuted by the law where he broke the law, which I think was Idaho. Uh, and then his employer, Gonzaga, suspended him for a game. The NCAA didn't even rule on that, right? Like, there's no jurisdiction there. I had a problem, Derek, 10 years ago when the NCAA got involved in the Penn State case because I I felt that wasn't within their jurisdiction. That was Penn State and that was the police. I know that's not popular because people want to see the hammer of something so terrible, right? But I just felt like the NCAA, like, there needs to be the law enforcement involved with that. Um, but what we can compare this to is the Ohio State scandal uh, back a decade ago that cost Jim Tressel his job. Those players, remember Terrell Pryor was suspended six games 
uh, of a season, so half his season, and he just went into the supplemental draft. He just said, screw this. So think about if that were the case for Kofi Coburn. Like, if he missed half the season, he might have said, well, should I even do this? Right? So you don't have that happening. Uh, And I do understand this is the other side of it. The NCAA is terrible at punishing its coaches, right? Like the fact that Will Wade is no punishment, I think, right? I I don't think he served any real punishment. That is ridiculous when he is caught on tape red-handed. And that, that tells you how toothless they are with these big coaches who have a lot of agents, have lawyers, all of this stuff, while these players, they're pretty powerless uh, to fight against it. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with what you had to say there. Uh, Will Wade's a great example. Even someone like Bill Self, who still needs to play out that whole process of the appeal by Kansas and everything. It just takes so long. It's, I know that Illinois could selfishly sit there and say, why don't we just have Kofi appeal this? And, in the standard time that coaches and all and programs get to have an appeal, Kofi's gonna be playing in the NBA G League in his middle of his professional career by the time they actually rule on this. But uh, yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I react to that? You don't want to get him suspended for Big Ten games, right? If you yes. appeal, and you don't want to say this doesn't happen for a year or whatever, like you're saying, you don't want to turn in any banners, right? So just just take take the three games and, and move on with it. Yeah, correct. And especially again, this is such a small, small window. Of a Take the plea even... deal. Take the plea deal, and, and <laughs> get a misdemeanor, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, you bring up a great point with you in terms of NCAA ruling on everything. I know that you can look at each "quote unquote" infraction or just action and, and kind of weigh what should be punished more. But like you said, the NCAA acting on this one because it's with clearly open and shut case and and few is more of a Gonzaga deal in terms of what they want to do and and all how that plays out so and do do we want like the NCAA getting involved in every in like off the court infraction of players right like I I don't want that I I don't want that with they got they got enough to deal with that they don't seem very good at so I'd rather they not get involved in that yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that one other example you could use and some people have thrown out there is the Rashad Bateman is when he took money from an agent and ended up paying it back and was ultimately granted full eligibility, no suspension. But that was a little bit different because the Big Ten football season was suspended and postponed. Like Kofi knew that if you were to come back to college, there was going to be a season and selling that gear at that point in time was pre-NIL. So it was pretty clear cut at that time. That was jeopardizing his eligibility and that he was going to stay in the draft. That was his plan versus someone that said, okay, I'm not going to have a a college football season. I'm going to sign with an agent. So it's a little bit of a different circumstance versus Bateman having no punishment and Kofi getting something. Yeah. And and the other thing there is like, if Kofi was like, Hey, I I knew NIL was passing. It's like, we'll just wait a month. (laughs) Just, just wait a month and then, then sell all that gear. Okay, I just wanted to get that out of the way because uh, I, I do think there's plenty you can criticize the NCAA over, including the cases we brought up. I, the Mark Few thing, I just I don't understand. Um, okay, so how does this p- impact Illinois, Derek? Obviously, you think you can beat Jackson State and Arkansas State without Kofi Coburn, but it becomes just a little more dangerous because Kofi Coburn, I can't see those teams having any chance of beating Illinois without with Kofi Coburn because I was looking at the rosters, 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", are their tallest guys uh, on those rosters. And, and Kofi simply, um, he, he could walk into those games and probably get 20 and 10 within the first 25 minutes, right? Um, 
the, the Marquette game, you don't know what to expect because it's Shaka Smart. It, it's a new team. You know, they got a bunch of transfers, but they did lose a lot of talent, including uh, the one we know, Dawson Garcia, who's now at North Carolina. Um, it just it makes things a little bit more nerve-wracking heading into these these couple games. Like, How do you feel? Like, Do you think they'll drop one? I, I think the good news is, Derek, this team should be good enough where dropping one of these games shouldn't impact them hugely in their resume. No, I don't think it, it would too much. And I know that, I mean, you're shooting for a one seed, you're shooting for being ranked in the top 10, top five in the country. So each game is going to matter in that sense. Uh, but in terms of the first two, Jackson State, Arkansas State, I know the Jackson State preseason Ken Palms, like in that 290 to 300 range, not a team that should challenge you and test you all that much. Arkansas State's a little bit more respectable. I think they're, I was looking it up before the pod, sixth preseason in the Sun Belt. Uh, so middle of the pack in their conference, but we're still talking about like 200, you know, 175 to 225 in terms of Ken Palm. So a team that you should absolutely beat. And like you were saying, like their size, 6'8", is about the, the tops of, of what they're going to bring to the table. So even without Kofi, whether you're going to slot in Omar Payne and hopefully get better production out of him, start Coleman Hawkins at the five and, and play a little bit, different in terms of the stretch big man that's not the bruiser but can still protect the rim uh and, and rebound some i wouldn't worry too much and then marquette like they lost their really their whole starting five so not just their starting front court and theo john and dawson garcia uh, was doing a little bit of research preliminary research on them kurt Kaweth is the guy that you gotta yeah. look at transfer from oklahoma and his profile is pretty similar to omar Payne. you look at a a power five program in Oklahoma averaged about five points, four rebounds a game was one of the top shot blockers actually in the big 12, about one and a half per game. So uh, he's long, skinny, athletic, uh, six, 10 to 20. So he's probably going to, he's going to be their starting five man, but, and you would think matchup if he had to see Kofi just with the size and the physicality, he would be completely overmatched. Can he hold his own against Omar and, and Coleman Hawkins? Probably. I think that's, more of a even matchup uh, at the very least, so uh, that would make you think. But Illinois, with their if they're at full strength in their backcourt with their other pieces, they should be able to win. Uh, but you know, going on the road at Marquette's gonna be tough, but they should win, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we respect the heck out of Daryl Morsell. Um, he, yeah. he he can shut down some of those Illinois guards, so uh, it, it makes that one uh, a little bit more nerve wracking. That's for sure. But the silver lining of this, Derek, is it is only three games. Uh, Kofi gets back for the Hall of Fame Classic. But also, this might give you some valuable playing time and maybe some confidence for Coleman Hawkins, who doesn't seem to be lacking for it right now with the way he's playing. Uh, But also, as you said, Omar Payne only played 18 minutes. And I I thought with this looming, they might force feed that a little bit more. So that's what's kind of weird about this. Um, You've been hitting on it with Underwood with some of your questions. Like, what do you need to see out of Omar? And uh, it's it's a little concerning that he's only played 18 minutes and hasn't made a huge impact in in those minutes. So what do you think? Like, can this be – because I'm thinking – Hey, when you got to play somebody, Kofi Coburn gets into foul trouble, and he's usually pretty good about not about it. But maybe this can pay off these three games without Kofi when that happens eventually. Right, I know that Underwood did say after the Indiana PA game that it was a tighter game, and they wanted to get Kofi the ball, and wanted you know, they felt like they missed him a lot as far as post feeds, and went away from him in the first half, so wanted to get him the touches in the second half. But twenty eight minutes in that game was. Really surprising out of Kofi and only nine for Omar for 
I think Brad was nervous about losing the game. Like, I think he was like, we got to get Kofi in there so we don't lose this and embarrass ourselves. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair for sure. I think with Omar in particular, you would have thought, based on the expectation, all this buzz, even leading into the game, in fact, Underwood had to address it himself in in the midweek last week in in the press conference, showed they were aware and expecting something imminent, that you would have played Omar even if you didn't necessarily love the minutes, just try to get the get the juices going and get some game action and to only play nine minutes in that the last one and eight in the previous one just it's a little head scratching and I know he hasn't made a huge impact when he's been on the court and the rebounding was something that frustrated Underwood when he only has one in that game against Indiana PA in the nine minutes he played he's got to be able to figure it out I mean but this is a guy that's played at the high major level it's not like he's a freshman or someone that's completely foreign to D1 basketball so was he sending a message? Was it just – did it just boil down to just trying to win the game? I think maybe there's a mixture of, of all of that. But uh, hopefully you get that sorted out in practice. But like you're saying with Coleman, like, it's a guy playing with a lot of confidence. And I think that based on the matchups here yep. early in the season, you can get away with playing him at the five and not worry about, you know, Hunter Dickinson putting him under the basket because of his size. Yeah, I think Coleman gets a start, right? Like Coleman, Jacob Grandison, if DeMonte's healthy, uh, Trent, and, and Andre. I, I think that would probably be – your starting lineup and I think that's probably your best lineup because I mean Coleman against these teams I think can really succeed uh it's when you get to the the big 10 teams you mentioned in there that you probably can't pull that off unless those guys are off the court yeah I, th- I think that him playing the stretch four is going to be more comfortable in the big 10 and you're still going to want at times to maybe even have the flexibility and especially if if pain continues to struggle I know it's really really early in the season uh, but to have Coleman as an option at the five, they like the dyma- dynamic of pick and pop and pulling some big guys away from the, the paint and stressing them defensively. But, yeah, I think that guarding those big physical fives is something that he's probably still going to struggle with, but early on shouldn't be too big of a concern. And I think I agree with you. I, I think that that's the best line they can throw out there right now. That's, that would be my expectation as well. All right, last thing on this. Are you concerned at all? Because like if you would have gone eight games or six games or something like that, Derek, where you can start worrying about losing some games that, that are important to you. Um, but are, are you worried at all about working Kofi in? Like, you know what I mean? Like having a new team again, like having to reset three games into the season with Kofi coming back. Any concern about that? I don't think so too much. I know that we'll have to see it play out and everything, and you are going to – his first game is going to be a meaningful game against Cincinnati. It's not going to be like playing some low major at home and, and get away with whatever rust is there or whatever, just adjustment of that guy being on the court. I do think they'll play differently without Kofi, like the amount of post touches, whether it's going to be, you're not going to throw the ball in the block to Coleman. And Omar Payne hasn't been that throughout his career, even at Florida and, and obviously struggled here recently. So you're going to be more reliant on the perimeter or just, Carbello going to the rim or, or tossing it to Omar in the pick and roll or Coleman popping out and hitting the hitting the three. So it might be an adjustment in terms of, okay, Kofi's in the middle, slow down the offense, throw it inside, you know, this many times. Uh, but look, I mean, Kofi's been in play with a lot of these guys like Carbello, DeMonte, Trent, Grandison. Like it won't be a, a totally new thing once you insert him back in. And it, he'll be practicing as well. So it's not like, he will be completely just away from the team for a couple of weeks. So I don't think it would be a huge concern. And if you were playing maybe Arkansas right off the bat, you might say, okay, that's maybe the biggest test your non-conference. That's not ideal for playing him in his first game back. But Cincinnati, 
Big East team, not really expected to be great. I think you can get away with that being his first game, and then you'd hope that you win and expect that Arkansas wins in that Tuesday matchup in Kansas City. In conclusion, I think they'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I, you said, you I think, said it in the most concise way. I think, I think it was uh, some nerve. Like people were nervous about what it could be. In the end, it's about where it should be. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it, no matter what, because it's the NCAA, and I understand that. But uh, three games again. Illinois should be fine through those three games. Even if they drop one, it it won't ruin a season, and Kofi Coburn will be here. Like Kofi Coburn's playing a lot of basketball for Illinois, uh, and that's a really, really great thing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Derek, before we get out of here, let's talk about the Rook. Uh, I did not expect Iowa DeSumo to play back-to-back games of 21 minutes in wins for the Bulls over the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics. And tonight he goes for 14 points. I think it was 6 of 6 shooting. Hits a huge 3 to go ahead. The Bulls outscored the Celtics 39-11. to It's a fun team. DeRozan has been a walking bucket for the Bulls. Um, Caruso and, and Lonzo Ball are just really good basketball players. But there's Io, man. He must have done something right with Billy Donovan because he loves him. Uh, he's playing a lot. And uh, Zach Levine and, and DeRozan seem to love him too. So uh, what do you make of, of Io DeSumo making a big impact in his rookie year? It's awesome. It's great to see. And, and him taking advantage of the opportunity with Kobe White being out uh, is, is something that obviously is a, a factor in him getting that many minutes. And uh, he's taking advantage of it. And, and now – I know it's a small sample size in terms of shooting the three, but that's what everyone wants to talk about with him. Hit both of his attempts tonight, four of seven on the on the season. And look, that dude's a gamer, and we know that he loves the big moments. And uh, I think it's a perfect situation because we talked about late first round, how that would have been cool to him going to a playoff contender and being on a winning team and just playing these spot minutes for someone that's going to matter. Gonna, those minutes are going to matter in terms of the postseason picture and uh, that whole deal. So you get – a Bulls team that's firmly in the postseason picture, they're a winning team, and you get the hometown factor and everything. It's just, it, it's all, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see what he's doing. And Atlanta Nation get to see him every night on their TV. And tonight, player of the game and get interviewed by Stacey King. How about that? Yeah, like 38th pick, what what a what a boon for the Bulls because he's a good player, right? I mean, there's some good guards taken late in, in that first round that it was just like, hey, pick which one you like, pick which flavor you like. Uh, but he was worthy of one of those picks. But also, 
like what a boon for them as a business like how many Desumu jerseys can you sell like how many people come there how many Illini fans are watching uh, for your cable um, you know subscription there like that's just a huge win for them but on the court man like he's 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 doing exactly what we knew because we'd seen him he was going to play whatever role he had because he's a professional like he's already a professional um, and, and that's what every guy going to the NBA that was a college star that isn't drafted in, in the top five, watch how he gets on the court. It's like one of those fr- – like Luke Goody. Watch Luke Goody on the, on the court right now. It's like that kid knows how he needs to play to get on the court and earn minutes and earn the trust uh, and confidence of his coaches and teammates. And, and I was doing that. He's, he's lining up on Jason Tatum tonight. I mean, he's lining up on Donovan Mitchell and sometimes those guys get the best of them. Sometimes he looks a little lost on offense, but the efforts there, the energy's there, and the confidence sure ain't lacking, especially after tonight, Derek. Yeah, definitely. And throughout the pre-draft, and we know this, you know, having followed him for a long time, but just like the intangibles of the the way he prepares, and uh, he is a very confident guy. He he's put a lot of work into his craft, and he's a huge competitor, and uh, and he has a lot of experience like yeah. you look at some of the guys that were taken in front of him more raw prospects and you, you're maybe looking a little bit more for upside and just physical tools which that's not to knock Io for for his ability but uh, this is a guy that's had a lot of success and he's put a lot of work into his game and uh and then he he just loves the moment he loves he loves winning he loves to to compete and now this is another chance and I know that he's probably helping that chip on his shoulder he's 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 using that as he has people that have doubted him and uh, he's taking advantage of it so uh, we've seen it we're not surprised by in terms of the you know him stepping up and doing his thing Uh, but yeah early on this year to see him doing this I I didn't know that he'd be playing this much didn't know he'd be having this success so uh, that's great it's it's great yeah I will admit Derek I did not expect him to be doing this I, I i expect him you know first couple games 11 minutes sat for a game two minutes 11 minutes, like i expected that for for until kobe white came back i did not expect him to go 21 minutes 22 minutes in these games and i think that just says a lot about the impression he's made on, on those vets and especially billy donovan uh who's a really good coach um so that kudos to him kudos to him for doing that he's earning more opportunity and I, for one, think he's making Kobe White expendable because uh, I, Kobe White can can get buckets. Is he a better overall player? Like that, these they got to have some two way guys, and and Io can be uh, a two way guy. He's not maybe going to be a star in this league, but I'm not going to count anything out uh, for this kid. But I, I just think he's he's making Kobe White probably a little nervous about what his role is going to be when he comes back. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll continue to see if. I can do some things with the ball in his hands, but maybe he doesn't need to because you have Levine who plays with it so much as far as the control and even like Vooch on the perimeter, DeRozan's, DeRozan's mid-range, man. I mean, him and Io see a mid-range contest. That'd be pretty fun to watch. But yeah, Io with the, the length and uh, he does have high up, upside defensively, I think, as he continues to get more minutes and, and just understand how guys are going to attack him. I think he'll only get better there. And uh, obviously we know he can make shots as well. Bulls legit, Derek. Like legit. Like yeah, I, 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 I'm shooting. You know, I'm, I still think a four or five seed is is would be really good for them. Um, but they look legit. Like I just wanted to split these games and split these games against good teams, then beat up on the the bad teams in the East. 
think you can win. You can get close to 50 wins uh, in a season, which is, which is crazy. I just give a lot of credit to the front office, man. Like their turnover of this roster and just finding pieces that fit uh, is just night and day from what we've seen. Um, you know, and I give John Paxson some credit putting together the first teams he did, right? But man, the last decade's just been awful, awful roster construction. And in two years, they've done this. Yeah, I know you're a lot more of a, a diehard than I am. I've, I've been a casual Bulls fan, very casual here of late because I haven't been a, had a whole lot of reason. But I almost need to switch this up because I'm a diehard Bears fan. I think I need to put casual on the Bears and just buy all into the Bulls because, yeah, uh, we need something. But, yeah, for those that – Illini fans maybe didn't dabble a whole lot in the NBA, getting a chance to see him. I mean, I remember watching Darren and I even – you know, when the Bulls weren't – all that great, but you knew when Darren was on TV, you want to check that out. So I'm sure you have that dynamic and those that have been waiting to really get into the Bulls, and now now looks like the time. Yeah, if you've been watching, like, if you've been turning into, like, Cavs, Bulls the last couple of years, um, and that was your representation of the NBA, no, no. Like, watch Bulls, <laughs> Sixers the next couple of times that these teams play. Um, the NBA is a dang good product, and, and having a, a local team that's good and having I.O. get people in. I hope some of those college fans who haven't watched the NBA in 15 years but say it stinks um, – yeah, maybe watch a Warriors game. Maybe watch them play. Uh, that's that's good basketball. Derek Piper with the late night pod on Kofi and Io. Appreciate it as always, man. Yeah, it was fun, man. Good talking to you. Great stuff from Derek Piper. Appreciate his time late on this Kofi Cobra and Io Desumu podcast. We've had plenty of those uh, over the years, and uh, it's just great for one. I mean, I covered Io, and, and you try to cover somebody objectively, but. Uh, I can't help but be a fan. And to see him doing what he's doing, it's been awesome. Uh, it's been awesome. And he's uh, one of the best I've covered. Uh, he's been great to interact with. Uh, he's always given us his time and insight. And, and to see him succeeding now, uh, it's really cool. Really cool, especially in his hometown. Right? Just getting better than that. And uh, he's earning, it's not too early to think. He's, he's earning himself a second contract, which is when you really make the money. So uh, kudos to Io. I guess we none of us should be surprised, and we aren't. But it's it's not always guaranteed to succeed at that level. So to see him have this early success um, seems like it'll lead to big things for Io DeSumo. Thank you for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast. As always, give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Rate us and review us. That always helps us out. Stay tuned to IlliniEnquirer.com for all the latest on Illinois basketball, football, recruiting, and we've got some non-revenue sports coming up this week from our, our girl, Engie. So you'll see that later on this week on the site. Everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.